Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoyed this message from our midweek service. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoyed this message. Thank you, Pastor Omar. It's good to be back in the house. This is an awesome place, amen. This is an awesome place. God is in this place. I tell you, a year ago, or just over a year ago when I was here, you know, this place impacted me. The worship here impacted me. You guys impacted me. You know, Christianity is also about relationship, amen. It's about being there for each other and uh, journeying together, amen. And uh, as you can tell, um, as Pastor Omar said, I am from across the pond. Um, I actually joke with some of my American friends that, um, you know, as, as um, Eve came out of Adam, so America came out of Britain. <laughs> I have a bit of banter, you know. And so, um, yeah, it's just such a privilege to be here and, uh, you know, back over here in California for probably the fifth time now. And uh, when I left the UK, um, we were expecting bad weather, rain, and I landed in nice, warm Californian weather <laughs> until today. <laughs> but God is good, amen. And uh, the worship this evening has been phenomenal. Amen. You know, phenomenal. And, uh, you know, God is really truly in this place. And it's just, just good to hear and great to hear what God is doing with you and how he's leading you in, in uh, his greater purposes and how people are being launched out and, you know, and, and the kingdom of God is being expanded. And this is what, you know, this is what I live for, is seeing other people being released into the purposes of God. That is what ministry is about. It's about seeing others reach their full potential in Christ and, um, and being faithful in what God is calling them to do, to be faithful in running their race that God has set before them. And, uh, you know, and as Pastor Owen was sharing, you know, I've been running, you know, for about the past couple of years now. I used to be a sprinter. I used to do track and, uh, you know, I used to do 100, 200 and 400 meters. And uh, used to run for my county or equivalent of a state. And uh, I remember at school, in high school, uh, one, of our, uh, one of my PE teachers was always trying to recruit me for the distance running um, team at the school and I just said no way I am not doing that and over 20 years later I find myself um, you know doing distance races you know and so um, you know something that God has really been speaking to me over the past number of months is being steadfast in running our race in running your race you know we live in times where many people are being discouraged and, I, and none of us are immune to being discouraged. None of us are immune to um, encountering uh, difficulties or hardships along the way. You know, when, when I first became a Christian, you know, I was sort of like very, you know, I felt, you know, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and really encountered God. And I thought, you know, you know I'm an overcomer and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take the world for Jesus. But then, I, you know, as I, as I went on, I, I encountered hardships. 
I encountered difficulties. And we all do in life. And it's in those times where there are people out there, Christians out there, that are quitting, that are giving up because of discouragement. And the Bible talks about running our race. Last September, I ran my first half marathon in Dublin. And when I was training for it, there were times when I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. Coming home from work, feeling tired, I did not want to go out for a six-mile run or a 10-mile run. You know, I just didn't want to do it. I was absolutely shattered. But, you know, one thing that I realized is that when you have purpose, it gives you the determination to overcome. Amen. And, and so there were times where even when I was on the starting line of the half marathon, I was nervous, but I was excited. And I thought, can I really run 13.1 miles? And I tell you something, when I saw that finishing line in the distance, I thought it was a mirage. <laughs> and when I got closer and closer and I saw that it was the finishing line, I, tell, I got a second wind and I just tried to sprint through, you know, through the pain. And when I crossed that finishing line, and I received that finisher's medal. I tell you, I forgot about the pain on the course. I forgot about the, the difficulties that I encountered. And a lot of difficulties that athletes will find is up here. Up here. Along the way, your brain is saying, quit, give up, stop. But that is where the battle needs to be won. And it's only through the Word and through the Holy Spirit that we can overcome. Amen. But I'd like to take you back, your minds back to 1968. For those of you that were alive back then. I wasn't alive back then. I may be 40 plus, but I wasn't alive back then. At uh, 1968 Olympic Games, and one of the main events was the marathon race. And uh, the marathon race had got started earlier on during the day. And uh, as the day was coming towards the end of the day and um, the athletes were coming into the stadium and crossing the finishing line and the gold and the silver and the bronze were taken. And as time went on, people then started to walk out of the stadium because it was coming to the end of the day. And as people were walking out then at, at sorry out the stadium, all of a sudden they heard some police sirens in the distance, and they thought, "What on earth is this? What 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 what, what are these these sirens?" And they saw eventually a figure, an athlete, hobbling into the stadium. And as he was hobbling one lap around the track, they realized he was a marathon runner. And as they looked, they could see that he had been injured, that there was blood dripping down his leg, that there was bandages uh, wrapped around his leg. And as he crossed, everyone's just started to clap and cheer. And as he crossed the finishing line, he collapsed. And of course, the world's media came around, around this athlete that was on the ground. And one of the reporters said, I asked him, why didn't you quit when you were hurt? Look at you, you're, you're hurt, you're bruised. 
There's blood all over your leg. Why didn't you quit? And this athlete said this. My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. That was John Stephen Aquari who ran for Kenya. He became an inspiration for many people around the world to not quit. And you see, Jesus didn't go to the cross merely to die on the cross. He went to the cross so that he would finish the work so that we may live. And we live today because Christ did not give up on us. He finished the race that was set before him. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, I want to read a few verses in the NLT version. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 to 8. And the Apostle Paul is, is, is speaking here and he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Let's just stop there for a moment. Paul knew that he was in a race. He knew that the race, that there was a fight. He knew that he had finished the race that had been set before him. And he had kept the faith. He then goes on to say, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So Paul knew that the, ra- that the, the journey that he was on was a race. He realised that he had to finish the race. Now, we know that in Paul's life that he faced many different difficulties. He faced struggles, but yet he overcame them. He endured to the end. And so he's in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. This is what the writer to the Hebrews writes. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So God has created you and I for purpose. He has created us to run a race. The Christian journey is a race. And there will be times along that journey where we will encounter discouragement, where we will encounter hardships and difficulties. But the Bible says that we are to transfix our eyes on Jesus. For he is the one that has overcome. Amen. You see, the race, God has set a race before you. He has set a plan for you and me. And so that plan will come to pass. His purpose for your life will come to pass. The race that he wants you to run, he will help you and empower you to run it and complete it and finish it. Now a key word here is endurance. Endurance is something that a lot of people today don't have. People quit easily. People go to college and quit. People start a job. And quit. People go to university 
and quit. Especially when things get difficult. Last year when um, I was finishing my dissertation for my, uh, for my MA, I nearly wanted to quit. My brain was just frazzled and I just couldn't stand sitting down at my laptop trying to write more words out. I, my brain just, there was no creativity in my mind anymore and I wanted to quit. And my wife said to me, you're so close to the finishing line, why quit now? And too many people quit when they're close to the finishing line. I wanted to quit when I did the half marathon. There were times I wanted to quit. But as we will continue um, in a minute, that when we have people around us, it helps us to continue to endure. Amen. And so we know that the, the race that we're in is likened to that of a marathon run. Something which is long, something that can be tough, and is tough, painful, and downright difficult at times. And the writer to the Hebrew, he was writing to the Jewish believers because they were getting weary in their walk. They were getting weary in their journey. And that's why we have to remind ourselves that we are in a race. We need to remind ourselves of what God has called us to. The race that we're in is not a sprint. And all too often, when people, and I've seen it when I've done 5Ks or 10Ks, there are people that just sprint right ahead. And I'm thinking, hmm, you're not going to last that long. <laughs> and sometimes that's what we do in our Christian journey. We don't know how to pace ourselves. And we sprint out. And, and, and because we're excited, we're, we're full of zeal, which is, which is good. But we don't know how to pace ourselves. And so what happens is we, we, we fade out too early. And so we need to learn to pace ourselves. You see, a marathon requires focus. It requires determination and stamina. And in, the, and in our Christian life, we need focus. It requires being steadfast. It requires being determined and to have that spiritual stamina to keep going on no matter what. You know, one of my ambitions is to one day to do the Boston Marathon. But the problem with that is you have to have a qualifying time. And uh, I can't run the qualifying time at the moment because I'm not fit enough. <laughs> but there, at, at mile 20 of the Boston Marathon, there is the famous park called Heartbreak Hill. It is half a mile incline, a steep in hill of half a mile upwards. And that's where many runners start to get fatigued, get tired, and so on. And the reason why that hill, that particular hill, is called Heartbreak Hill, and this is interesting, was that back in 1936, at the, uh, during the Boston Marathon, one of the athletes passed another athlete on the hill to win the, the marathon. And thus, the person that came second his heart was broken. And so that's why actually it's called Heartbreak Hill. <laughs> and so sometimes we don't persevere because of Heartbreak Hill. Maybe there are times or there's been, you've experienced a situation in your life 
where you have not continued in something because you've been heartbroken, because you've been discouraged. You see, it is only by the grace of God that we can overcome heartbreak hill. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can overcome. In James chapter 1, verse 12, the Apostle James says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Now, I was thinking earlier on when I was reading that, it's not just you know, it, it, referring maybe to, to, to sin, but even temptation of quitting, the temptation of giving up. The temptation of thinking, you know what, I've been trying to, to follow the call of God. I've been trying to follow the vision that God has given me, but it's just too difficult. Things keep going against me. People don't believe me. People, people are, are discouraging me. And that can be the temptation to quit and say, you know what, I'll give up. What's the point? And I know I've been there in that place many, many times, wanting to quit, wanting to give up. But then the Holy Spirit is so gracious and speaks into your heart and says, don't quit. Don't give up because you're near that finishing line. Amen. And if you're here tonight and you're facing discouragement and you feel like you want to quit, this message is for you as as much as it is for me. God doesn't want you to quit. He doesn't want you to give up. He wants to instill endurance in us. Amen. You see, the starting line, when you see a marathon race, whether it's the Boston Marathon, whether it's the London Marathon, the New York Marathon, whatever marathon, you see that athletes are fresh. You see that they're ready, that the the, the adrenaline is pumping, and they just want to get going. But you know, we're like that whenever we're starting or entering a new chapter of our lives. There's that freshness. There's that eagerness. There's that vision and so on. Whether we're starting a new job or a ministry or, or, or a new friendship, we sprint off. But then as we go along the journey, we encounter difficulties. Maybe we encounter people that don't agree with what God has called you to do. They don't agree with the vision. And they will try and speak discouragement or they will try and say, well, you know, put doubt. And so there might be that freshness at the beginning, but it's the endurance that will continue, that will help us to continue. So there are three things I want to share with you this evening that we can learn from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. The first is, is the instructions for the race. The writer to the Hebrew talks about run with endurance. So what is endurance? Endurance is the ability or strength to continue or last, and especially fight fatigue, stress, or other adverse conditions. We live in a world that will be against us. We We are living in a world that is getting further and further away from the things of God, particularly in the West. We are living in in an increasingly liberal society that is opposing anything that is of God. And so these things can come against us. These things can cause us to become spiritually fatigued. Endurance is the ability to keep doing something difficult, unpleasant or painful for a long time. To keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. 
Have, do you know the Kenyan athlete? Um, I don't know. How to, I've, I've sometimes find it difficult to pronounce his name. Um, um, Ihelud Kipchui. I think it's like. It's, well, he recently broke the two-hour marathon. Now it's not a world record because it was under very scientific conditions. Now, when you look at his face when he runs, he won the London Marathon last year. You see him smiling. And you're thinking, how can he be smiling? Does he love pain or something? You know, it's a massive, you know, he just loves pain. Or he's not, in, you know, experiencing pain. But actually, he says that when he smiles, it helps him to endure the pain. But what does the Bible talk about? You know, that we are to rejoice in all things, even in the pain, painful times. Also, endurance could also be known as resilience. Resilience is having the strength to fulfill the call God has given us, even when it will be painful and difficult. To continue, when you have a God-given vision, God will give you his grace to endure, to remain focused on what he has called you to do. Amen. Resilience is staying fixed on a higher purpose. And God wants you and I to fix on the purposes that he has called each and every one of us to. Amen. And so we're to run with endurance. Even when we feel tired, even when we feel worn out, the grace of God can help us to continue the race that we're on. We need endurance. And this is one thing that we lack in the body of Christ, is endurance, is grit. You know, just here, here, here in Southern California is the home to the Marine Corps. And they, you know, they go through some very rigorous training. You know, and training that is, that is really difficult. And it's not made difficult just for the sake of being difficult. It's difficult to build endurance in them, to build strength in them. And in the same way, we need to have spiritual endurance in our own Christian lives. Also, we need to develop a strong sense of purpose. You see, when we don't have purpose, we're walking around just aimlessly trying to find fulfillment and that can so easily happen to us as, as believers, that we just simply just walking around here or there trying to find fulfillment. But until you find the purpose of God for your life, you will never find fulfillment. Only God can give you that fulfillment through the purposes that he has for your life. Amen. You see, I, when I run, I find the, the joy of God. Honestly, I do. I find the joy of God. And, you know, God can use your jobs to bring purpose in your life. God can use the gifts and abilities that he's given you for his purposes. In college, God wants you to have purpose in it. In your studies, God wants you to have purpose in it. In your families, God wants you to have purpose in it. In your marriages, God wants you to have purpose in it. You see, when we're setting off on a long run, we need to know why we're doing it. Have you ever watched, have you ever seen Forrest Gump? 
And at the end, he says, you know, the reporter's there and saying, so why did you run? He said, I just kept running running. <laughs> Are we like that in the church sometimes? Well, we're just doing stuff. Just, oh, well, I'm just doing it. And you don't realize why you're doing it. And that's what happens to, to many of us Christians. We're just doing things, but, and we don't even know why we're doing it. We're like, we're like, we're like, we're like Christian gums. <laughs> you see, a marathon runner has to have purpose because when you have purpose it gets you out of bed when you have purpose when it's raining outside you still go out there you still tie get your your running shoes on tie your laces and you go out there the other week I was doing a 5k run and I tell you it was Ireland always gets the brunt of the Atlantic you know poured out on it and I'm not kidding you that the, the the course was literally flooded I was drenched. All of us were drenched. We were like going through um, rivers, basically, along the paths. And I was thinking, why am I doing this? <laughs> but I knew why I was doing it. It was part of my training. And so, when you're on the journey and you know the purpose that God has given you, then in the latter miles of the journey, when the pain is, is there, when your feet are sore, when you're feeling fatigued, you're thinking, I know why I'm on this journey and I'm going to keep going. I am not going to quit. Amen. Especially young people here in your studies. There are going to be times you don't want, you want to quit. Maybe you want to quit. You know, the, the assignments are piling up and, and you want to be playing on the Xbox or whatever, you know. And you want to quit. You think, no, I can't do this. That's when you need to think, you know, I am doing this because I want, God is calling me to do a specific career to, in my life. Amen. And so we need to also know the type of race we're in. You know, one of my friends said to me once, oh, so do you, do you just turn up at a marathon and then just run? I said, no, you have to register. You can't just turn up and say, you know, can I join? But you have to know the race. And now there are some really, there are some really crazy people out there that don't that a marathon isn't long enough for them, so they do ultra marathons, which is like twice the distance or three times the distance or like you know a hundred hundred miles in a desert. I'm thinking you're nuts. <laughs> I think twenty six trying to do twenty six point two miles is nuts, but they're even nuts. You need to know the type of race that God has called you to because the race. That your, next, that your neighbor is called to may not be the race that you're called to. So it's so important that you hear the voice of God to speak to your heart, to speak into your life, to show you and reveal to you what he has purposed for your life. And that's the beauty thing about being in church because I believe that in church, the church can help you to hear the voice of God, to be able to get clarity and direction for your life. You see, when you're running a marathon, you can't run your own race. I heard a story, a true story. There was a marathon race, I can't remember where, and the lead car went off course. So what happened? The runners went off course, didn't they? And so when they eventually got to the, the they found the finishing line, the race was obsolete because they got off course. And that's what we can do sometimes. Christians, we can be 
trying to create our own course when God is saying, this is the course that I've set for you and we're going off in that direction. We're trying to be sometimes something that we're not called to be or do. We've got to be true to ourselves. Don't try to be like your next door neighbour. You know, my son, you know, I, I love my son to bits. You know, but, you know, he went through a phase where he wanted to be like a Japanese. You know, so he would dress up, you know, the clothes like Japanese. I said, look, you are not Japanese. You, you don't need to be a Japanese. Be who God wants you to be. Amen. But sometimes in the name of trying to impress, we try to be like other people. When God has got a different course for you. Amen. The second point is the initiative of the runner. Which Hebrews talks about, throw off your weight. Throw off every weight that hinders you. Now we see in in, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse uh, 5 to 9. It um, says, this is the story of Saul and David. Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war and an appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. When the victorious Israelite, Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, women and, uh, from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. This made Saul very angry. What is this, he said. They credit David with ten uh, thousands and me with only thousands. Next they'll be making him their king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. You see, we need to throw the weight of comparison. We need to throw the weight of comparison. We compare ourselves with us. Oh, he's got a better car than I. I better go out on my, and buy on my credit card a new car. I know, you know, somebody may be, you know, you know uh, maybe, uh, you know, you know, a preacher, oh, I, I better preach as well. And so there, there seems to be this comparison in the body of Christ. You know, start, you know, you know there's a thing, a, 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 you know, in the UK right now where, where you know, there, there are Christian leaders that have to, you know, that have to, you know, be fancy in their dress wear, you know, and, and wear like tight, you know, tight jeans and stuff like that, you know. And they're like 60. I mean, it, does, no, it doesn't look good. They're trying to be cool when they've lost their coolness. <laughs> you see, the danger of comparison is if you get your, get your eyes off, off from, um, from what God has called you to, you'll start looking at other people. And you'll start comparing yourself. Oh, they've got a big, they're doing better than I am. Or whatever it may be. And that means getting distracted, of course. You see, when you run your race, when you run the race that God has purpose for your life, that God has set before you, you end up living out the purposes of God for your life. When you focus on what God has called you to, you will, you will fulfill, and be, uh, fulfill God's purpose and you will be um, fulfilled. Galatians chapter 6 verse 4 says, pay careful attention to your own work. You see, in any race, I remember doing a 400 meter race many years ago and I was on the last bend, and I was in the lead, and I got distracted. And I remember, all of a sudden, people running up behind me. I, had to get dis- I, I realized I lost dis- got distracted, and I had to get my focus back. 
You can't be running like this, trying to compare yourself with somebody beside you. You need to be focused on the finishing line yourself. Amen. So we don't have to compare ourselves with anyone. The other, the other weight that we need to take off is the weight of competition. There's too much competition in the body of Christ. Too much, there's too much competition. You know, people competing against each other, who has the bigger ministry, and so on, or whatever it may be. And uh, I, I used to sit, see this in the Philippines, that you go to meetings and, you know, people would say, oh, so what church do you go to? How many people do you have in your church? And it's just like this competition thing. And if, 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 if they person said, oh, oh um, 50, and, and, and the person had said, oh, I must be more successful. And it's, God is not a God of competition. But anyway, I need to, you know, it's quite funny actually. Um, the other week I was doing a 5K, again, I was doing a 5K uh, run. And uh, I was, it was the last 600 meters and I don't know, to be honest, I'm competitive, actually, naturally speaking. So this, so I, <laughs> and I saw this guy in front of me. And every time I see a finishing line, my legs just naturally just pick up pace. And I'm catching this guy up. And, uh, you know, I, I pass him. And he tries to, he tries to you know, he, he starts to race against me. But I crossed the finishing line before him. Guess what? He was, he was 25 and I was 44. And I thought, yes! I beat a 25-year-old. <laughs> I tell you, when you get older and you beat a younger person, I tell you something, you're going to be like, yeah. I've still got it in me. Now, we shouldn't have that attitude in the, in, in, in the church, okay? <laughs> So competition isn't something for us in the body of Christ. You see, the thing is, competition in the body of Christ is dangerous. We must remember that we're in the same team. We're not competing against each other. We are in the same team. You and I are in the same team. Therefore, we're not in competition with each other. We're meant to be working together. You see, teams never do well when there's competition. It creates division. It creates disunity. Apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4 and 8. When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like the people of the world? Verse 5. After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through, through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work of the Lord, gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered it but it was God who made it grow. It is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What, what it, uh, what's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters works together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. And so we need to realize we need to function in the giftings that God has given us for a greater and higher purpose. Amen. The last weight that I want to briefly talk to you about is the weight of compromise. Yes, the Bible talks about the weight that we need to lay down. We, we, we lay down every weight that sin can ensnare us. But also, we must not compromise in our beliefs. We must not compromise in our belief of the Holy Spirit. That belief is being under attack in the church today. 
where people are afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit, where people are afraid to encounter the Holy Spirit. Churches that would say they're Pentecostal are denying the move of the Holy Spirit. We must not compromise that because the Holy Spirit empowers the church to fulfill the purposes of God and to help us run the race. Amen. And lastly, the inspiration of the runner. Hebrews talks about that we are to look ahead. We're to keep our eyes transfixed on Jesus. That, you know, it's easy to run the race when everything's going well. Have you noticed that? When life is going well, when your bills are being paid, money's coming in to pay the bills, you can save, you're doing well at work or in your studies or in the ministry, and everything just seems to be fitting in place. So easy to have our eyes fixed on Jesus. But about when things aren't going right, right. When, when, there, when there are difficulties along on the way, when there are struggles, that's the challenge, to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. You know, I have encountered, there are some races that I do, and I tell, it's been a great race. Then there have been others, same distance, and I'm thinking, what happened there? And you feel like quitting. But this is, it's in those hard times that we need the endurance to fix our eyes on Jesus. So how do we fix our eyes on Jesus? Well, one, we must read the Word of God. We must spend time in the Word. Secondly, we must talk to Him. We must talk to the Lord. Be real and honest with Him. I think sometimes we're not honest and real with God. We don't really make ourselves vulnerable. We sometimes come to God religiously. But we are called to be real with Him. Because it's a relationship. Amen. And so, at the beginning of Hebrews, in chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 1, it talks about a cloud of witnesses. A cloud of witnesses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. So, Hebrews 11 talks about the heroes of faith that went before us. People that encountered hardship. People that encountered difficulties. But they continued. They ran their race. They crossed the finishing line. They received their crown of righteousness. But also, I believe, we could draw from that that we are to champion each other. When I did the Dublin Half Marathon, what helped me to get through wasn't just my training that I had done, but it was the other athletes that were on the course as well. It was those bystanders that were cheering on, saying, come on, you can do it. You're nearly there. You see, we need to champion each other. Sometimes we're not good at championing each other. And we're called to be champions of each other. We're called to encourage each other, build each other up. At the um, 1992 Olympic Games, there was an athlete, a British athlete by the name of Derek Redmond. And he was in the 400 metres. In the early stages of that race, he tore his hamstring and he crumbled to the ground. He tried to pick himself up and he, and he hobbled him. He started to hobble because he wanted to finish that race. He wanted to complete it. As he got about halfway round, his father basically got, you know, uh, came out of the crowd, got beside him and helped him to the finishing line. You see, I believe we need to do that. That we don't leave injured people on the ground. That we actually pick them up and we actually help them to cross that finishing line. Amen. Praise God. You may know of a, of, of a US marathon runner by the name of Ryan Hall. 
he said this in, um, regarding his experience one time in the London Marathon. Had I continued to think about how hard the road was going to be, I never would have made it. The truth is that the road is hard. But the greater truth is that God always supplies by his grace all the strength we need for each moment to accomplish his purpose. And that's so true. The race that we're in, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the grace of God. You see, in a marathon race, there are fueling stations or water stations because athletes need to be hydrated on long journeys. And we, in our journey, our spiritual journey of faith, we need to be hydrated. And so there are times where we need the, the Holy, to, to draw by and draw from the Holy Spirit station and, and be filled and refreshed and re, replenished and rehydrated so that we can continue the race that God has set before us. And so these scriptures that we've, we've looked at briefly and the three sort of um, points we can learn a lot from, from, uh, from running, from marathons. It can help us learn some spiritual truths in our own journey. You see, you may not be a physical marathon runner, but you are a spiritual marathon runner. Amen. The Christian life is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And God wants you to finish across the finishing life, uh, line. He is there championing you. And he is like Derek Redmond's father. That he will get beside you when you need that encouragement. When you're struggling. When you feel discouraged. When you're feeling down. When you feel like quitting. God is there to not just hold you by your hand. But to literally hold you up. So that you can continue the race that has been set before you. Amen. Can we ask the... the, the uh, Worship team to come forward. As we come to this part, I feel that it would be very apt that if you're here this evening and you feel discouraged, you feel like, you know what, I'm, I've really been going through a hard time and I feel like quitting. I'm struggling, maybe at work, maybe in college. Maybe God has given you a vision and you're, 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 you're finding it difficult to even walk towards the fulfillment of that vision. And so you feel discouraged. We would like to pray for you this evening. We'd like to pray that God will fill you afresh, that God will strengthen you this evening, will encourage you this evening. That God will give you a freshness, that he'll give you a, a second wind. Sometimes we need these, these moments. We need these moments of just refocusing our eyes. Remembering what it's really about. God is for you. The enemy will try to speak lies into your life. Because the enemy doesn't want you to fulfill the purposes of God in your life. But he knows that if you continue... He's finished. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, 
Follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.